Hello, everybody. This is Josh Willis. I'm coming to you again about the Blueprint for Recovery. We've been doing the five steps that's inside a syllabus that the Lord shared with me about over 20 years ago. And uh, we had a program for the addicted called the Good Samaritan Inn. It was a residential program. It was a result of my conversion from a life of drugs and all kinds of other crazy stuff. Uh, many years ago, in a matter of fact, in November 1975, 46 years ago. And so in that process between then and now, I had a lot of time to deal with a lot of people like me. And if you find yourself in that situation where you're, you're under life-controlling uh, substances or sex abuse or drug abuse or drunkenness, then I can help you. This, this, these scriptures will help you because... I don't just try to deal with the, the, the smell. I try to deal with the skunk. I try to deal with the root. You know, Jesus said, Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist said about him that Jesus come to lay the axe to the root. And so uh, I, I began years ago, the Lord revealed to me in Acts chapter 26, verse 18. It was about Paul's conversion. He's testifying before King Agrippa, he's telling him what happened and how his experience happened. Paul was a hitman for the Sanhedrin. He killed people because they were Christians and had them killed. He was there when Stephen was stoned. But a funny thing happened to him on the way to Damascus to try to kill some more Christians, and that is Jesus stopped him on the road. That's what, had, that's what they called the Damascus, uh, Damascus uh, experience. And, and that happens... To me, it happens to a lot of people. One day you're going along, you're living in the dark, and somehow somebody, something jars your attention, and Christ begins to deal with your heart. So in this story, as he's telling the story, uh, uh, he's telling this part, where Jesus appears to him on the road and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? He knew it was somebody powerful, but he didn't know who it was. And he said, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. He wasn't actually persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting Christians. But Jesus said, when you've done it to uh, these, you've done it unto me. When you do it to the least of one of these, you've done it to me. So that day, Paul got the revelation that who he was really fighting against was Jesus. You may get that because it's not drugs. It's not just the culture. It's not just, uh, you know, what's going on around you. It's always been conflicted. Is it in my genes, my Levi's, or is it in my genes? Is it where I was raised, or is it something that's in me? And that the fact is, it doesn't make any difference. It takes the same power to deliver you from all of it. And so I started presenting this a long time ago to our guys at the Good Samaritan Inn. And it actually, in Acts 26, 18... The scripture says this, Jesus, after he confronted him, said, I'm going to send you back to the Gentiles. Here's what you're going to tell them, what you're going to do. You're going to open their eyes, step number one. You're going to turn them from darkness to light. You're going to turn them from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin. Let that ring in your ears. And that finally that they might receive the inheritance. Now, previously, I've went over the other four uh, sections of this. And there are, there, inside each section, there's the five, at least five teachings about open your eyes, being brought from darkness to light, 
from the power of Satan unto God. Each of that, the open your eyes is the born again experience, having your spiritual eyes open. The second one, turn from darkness to light, is what the church would call separation or sanctification. It begins to get you out of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world once you've been born again. And so, you know, God wants you separated. And the third thing is to, uh, um, the, from the power of Satan unto God. And that word power is exousia. It means authority. It's authority. It's, it, it's jurisdiction. It's if you live in certain realms on this earth, the devil has a right to mess with you. But once you come into the kingdom of God, you're given power over all the power of the enemy. According to Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you're, you're weaponized once you're born again, but you, a lot of times you don't, you're not able to see it. You're not able to believe it because it's, it's not, you haven't been taught. So then you move into the forgiveness of sin, learning to forgive others, learning to forgive yourself, learning to forgive God. That sounds stupid, don't it? Well, the fact is a lot of people hold a grudge against God because something that may have happened in their life, uh, their mother passing away, their father passing away, uh, divorce, losing their children, uh, losing their job, losing the most important thing. And because God's the biggest in the universe, he gets, uh, he gets hit for that. But the fact is there's two powers in the earth. In Romans chapter 6, it says, Of whom a man is overcome by the same is he brought into bondage. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself, servants to obey, that's whose servants you are, either sinning to death or obedience unto righteousness. So you, you, can't, you cannot blame God for places you won't let him in. He let Jesus die on the cross to give you new life so you have power over the enemy. And so I can teach you about that. I can teach you... Uh, at least five points on forgiveness, of how to forgive others, how to forgive yourself, how to receive forgiveness, and how to give it. And so I'll help you with that. And then today, number five is this, uh, an inheritance, learning that you have an inheritance among them that are sanctified. You've got to learn how to receive that inheritance. What is an inheritance? You know, an, an inheritance, the word inheritance there. I'm going to read it to you so you can get it. Excuse me for looking down for just a second. Uh, it's, it, is, it means uh, it's, it's a partitioning, something that's given to you. It's getting an apportionment. It means you're a sharer. It means that you're an inheritor and you're a possessor. I like to explain that by uh, when my mother and dad, when, my, when they both had passed, uh, when, uh, before they passed, they had bought a farm, a big 600-acre farm over in Indiana. And when they bought it, they never had it surveyed. There was eight of us kids that never was split into eight sections. It was still it was 603 acres. And so uh, what, what, what it means is that I'm not only an heir, I became a joint heir. I was a joint heir with with all the heirs in my family, my brothers and sisters. And that, that word uh, means to be uh, an heir, means to be a participant, a, 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 a common participant. And it's not only in Romans, it said, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. And if children, then heirs, 
heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. For instance, I have seven brothers and sisters. I could walk up to any tree on that farm and say, this is my tree. And it belonged to me 100%. It was 100% my tree. But my sister could come right up after me and put her hand on that tree and say, this is my tree. Because we were joint heirs. Whatever I own, she owned. Whatever she owned, I owned. And God has been so kind that he hadn't just made you a, a, a subsidiary of some business or something. You are a partner. You are a full partner in the, in the kingdom of God, in the church, into the powers that be. Everything that God has belongs to you. He even goes so far to say in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you, now listen to this, the kingdom. Everything in the kingdom. Everything that goes with the kingdom. In 1 Peter chapter 1, or 2 Peter chapter 1, it says that he gives you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Well, I don't expect you to know that if you've never been born again, if you're walking around in unforgiveness and shame and guilt. But this whole ministry that I've had for all these years, a lot of people, uh, I've said this before, in these uh, uh, participating in these few minutes in summary, that uh, many people get saved, what they call saved. They accept Christ, but a majority spend their whole life trying to get free. There's only one thing will set you free. See, you can go to church and not get completely free. You can pray and not get completely free. But the Bible says, the Bible said, you shall know the truth. This is John chapter 8, verse 31. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. A disciple is a learner, a student. And, and you should know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So what is the root, or what's the foundation of being free? If you continue in my word. Psalm 107, verse 20, said he sent his word and healed us and delivered us from our destruction. And Amos 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. See, uh, again, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse uh, 2 or 3, it said, grace and peace is multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Now that knowledge, there's power in knowing. Paul said this about his own conversion. I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. People wrestle with uh, being righteous, being holy, being saved. That's why we have a, a part of the armor called the helmet of salvation. You've you got to convince your head with the word of God that what God says about you is more important than what your brain's even saying about you, or certainly what the devil's saying about you, and no doubt what people are saying about you. You have to be able to understand you are a new creature in Christ. You've been born again. You're a child of God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, uh, It does not appear what we shall be. But said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. And so you're not just uh, some ex-addict or uh, I'm just a convert or I go to church. No, you're a child of Almighty God. If, you, if I can get you through this, 
get you born again, bring you out of the darkness into light, and help you to understand that you're out of, out of the authority of the devil. You're no longer under the power of the enemy and that your sins are forgiven. They're all gone. They don't even exist. Your sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. That's since you've been born again, uh, you, you have to pay attention to that for rewards. I'm, not, I, I'm never going to be judged for what I did up until 28 years old. Old things have passed away. Hebrews 10, 17, your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Truly, I was a brother to my brothers and a sister to my sisters and a son to my father, but I was a joint heir with all of them. I was the youngest in my family. Nobody could say, well, I'm older than you. I've been doing this longer than you, so I own more. No, that's the same way when you come in the kingdom of God. The day you get born again, you have as many rights as somebody that's been serving Jesus for 50 years. You inherit the whole thing. Now, the scripture says in Galatians, as long as the heir is a child, he don't understand what belongs to him. You take the maid's child and the king's child and let them play together. They don't know the difference. They don't know the difference about their worth, about what is theirs, how to receive it. But as they start to grow up together, the, the baby with the maid knows we're going to a different house. We're, we're going with different transportation. That don't make one better than the other. This makes one different than the other. The king lives in a palace. The king uh, has uh, all kinds of uh, transportation and guidance and security and whatever they want. The other child may have needs met, but it's not the same. According to Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, he washed us in his own blood and made us to be kings and priests. And so you, you, don't, you, don't, you inherit that, but just like any inheritance, you have to sit down with somebody that understands law. I'm talking about the word now. Understands the word, what belongs to you, what's yours. You can't let some slick-tongued lawyer like the devil talk you out of healing or talk you out of blessing, or talk you out of, of knowing your rights as a believer. I'm, I mean, you know, I, I actually gave my rights up the day I got saved. See, I have reasons now. If you make me mad, you give me a reason to get mad. But I don't have a right because I'd rather be like Jesus than my own self. And that's what we spend our life correcting. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I hope this has helped you. It's one of five uh, summaries of the five sections of the blueprint to recovery. And that blueprint is actually the blueprint for the gospel that's for any believer. That stuff was written before there was addiction the way that it is in the world now. For all the problems, they were all here. But today, today, I use it as recovering. The word recovery According to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, says that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who have been taken captive by him at his own will. And the word snare is, is a trap. You see in the old cartoons with the box and the stick, that's a trip stick. And that's, that's, that's the lies. The word recovery means to come back to your senses. You know, when you're, when you're steeped with sin, it's like having a hard lick on the head. You don't, you don't know 
you don't know who your father is. You've got like an amnesia. And so you need uh, the blood of Jesus applied to your life. And if you need counseling and stuff after that, there's ways to talk about that. But the rescue begins with what Jesus did at Calvary. He became what I was so I can be what he is. And I've received that into my life 46 years ago, and you can have it today. Amen.